Hey beauty, I'm so excited to have Sasha Star Robertson on the show today. Sasha Star Robertson is an intentional living and biblical mindset coach for busy Christian moms, wife of 13 years to her best friend, boy mom times two, blessed by adoption, travel addict, and Jesus freak. She is the founder of the Intentional Abundance Co., curator of the Life and Goals Planner, and host of the Intentional Mom Life with Jesus podcast. I actually used to listen to Sasha's podcast before I I was a podcaster, so I'm so excited to have her on the show. I love her show, and I know that you will love her too. Before we get into the show, I just wanted to remind you about health coaching. If you're interested, go to www.herholistichealing.com slash coaching to find out some more information. Welcome to Her Holistic Healing. Do you want more energy and less anxiety so that you can do all the things? Are you searching for meal ideas, essential oils, and other holistic treatments? Do you wish you could know which direction to take with your health so that you could finally feel better? Hey, I'm Alexandra. I love Jesus. I'm a wife, mom of three, and registered nurse with years of experience in clinical research. I also wanted more energy so that I could have more fun and keep up with my growing child. I too was confused about all the different diet and treatment options. I too wanted to wake up every day and feel good, but I felt anxious because I couldn't solve the mystery of my health. Until God showed me that He is the source of true healing. In this podcast, you will learn holistic treatments and Bible truths that will lead you to the peace, joy, and freedom that you have been hoping for. So what do you say we take a break from the mind-numbing, humdrum busyness? Let's rest and let God be our healer and helper. Hi, Sasha. Thanks so much for being on the show. I'm so excited to have you here. I've been listening to your, your podcast and I just love what you teach to moms. So thank you so much for being here, Sasha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored and I'm excited to share today. So I was listening to um, one of your episodes about, I think it was about self-care. I'm not sure, but I know that you talk about self-care a lot, but I think at least for me, I kind of used to be scared of the concept of self-care because I feel like you can take it to an extreme. Like for my self-care, I have to go on a vacation every so often. I have to spend this much money or I have to take bubble baths like every single day. Like I feel like how do I know where's the line? And I know there's not a firm line, but how do we know how much self-care we need or what does that look like? What does the Bible say about self-care? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. And I know so many of us really struggle with even that concept, right? And the the world's like self-care, self-care, self-care. And then there are people who are like self-care is selfish, you know, and self-care is not biblical and so much more. But I think the Bible is very clear that taking care of yourself, your body, your mind, your heart, your soul, all of these areas, that's the first gifts that God has given us to steward over is ourself. And when we are showing up as our, our best or our better selves, we're only better for those who are around us. I actually just read this this quote the other day where somebody had essentially said the same thing along those lines of when we continue to work on ourselves and pour into ourselves, it just makes it better for everyone around us. And so I think that's one of the number one things to remember when you have a kingdom 
focus and a kingdom um, perspective around your self-care, it's not ultimately about you. Like it's initially for you, right? But it's not about you. You go out and um, you then pour from this overflowing cup and serve others, serving your family, your spouse, your home, your community. And you, you keep this focus on bringing glory to God, but you're doing it from a way of just stewarding over what God has given you first. And so I believe for you to be a powerful, effective force, right? Vessel for the Holy Spirit to work in and through you, you have to be able to steward over this first gift well. And that means having a healthy body. So you're able to show up and play with your kids and, and do the things that people um, ask you to do, do the things that God is calling you to do. You have to be able to be a good steward of your mind and your mental health as well. Because um, when you've got all of these, you know, limiting beliefs and, and just all of this old stuff holding you back from getting into action and showing up and doing, you're you're not being that effective vessel. Same thing with your emotional health, right? You can you can have some really icky emotions that cause you to show up in a way that's just not helpful and beneficial and not not furthering um, the kingdom or, or furthering your pursuit of those goals and, and whatever God has called you to, and then as well as your soul, right? That's that's the fourth area, and I'll. I'll kind of go over all of these again in just a moment but when you're when you're not taking care of yourself in terms of that soul care when you're not going and clinging to the vine and seeking the lord to be filled up on a regular basis then you're you're very limited in what you're able to do because then the holy spirit isn't working in and through you if you're not going and connecting to the vine regularly and so um i believe a lot of these are reasons why we need to actually prioritize self care And I I just want to talk about real quick as well, the verse from um, Matthew 7, where it talks about the log in your eye, right? You have a log in your own eye. It's Matthew verse 7, um, 1 through 5 is kind of the whole story. But it says you have this log in your own eye, but you're over there worrying about trying to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And when I think about that, I think about that plain analogy that they use all the time time where it's like, put on your own mask before you put on the mask of others. And I know it's difficult, especially for moms to say, oh my goodness, you mean I have to put on my own mask before I can put on my kid's mask? Well, of course, because if you're not there to help your kid put on their mask, because you're already passed out and you didn't put your own on, you're, you're not, you're not effectively doing the job of being a mother. And so I just love to bring those two stories together and bring that into this idea of self-care because you can't keep showing up and pouring out and serving others. If you were just this empty, you know, vessel, that's, that's not clinging to the vine. You're spiritually dead. You're, you know, physically exhausted. You're emotionally ragged because you're just tired all the time. Right. Um, you can't keep doing, doing, doing all the things for everyone else. And so those are just a couple of, of really big reasons why, um, I believe self care is really important and why I believe there's, there's so many stories in, in the Bible, right? I can go into all of that as well, but that, that just remind us of the importance of taking care of this first gift that God has given us to steward over. And that is ourselves. That is our mind, our body, our soul, and our heart as well. Can you talk to the woman out there that would say, when I was growing up, 
my mom, she just, she worked a lot. She, she cooked for the kids. She didn't really have like many hobbies. She was tired a lot. She like, how, how would you advise that woman to get started with? Because she, she's never seen it, right? She doesn't really know what that looks like to take care of herself. And also, what would you say to the woman who says like, there's verses in the Bible that says like, we should put others first. And how do you reconcile all of this? Right. So um, I do want to bring up that one of the verses that you talk about, right, is is Romans 12, three and four. And I think a lot of people bring this up as the counter argument to self-care when they say self-care is selfish. And it says um, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. And I think this idea, because it has the word self in there, right, self-care is very self-focused or self-indulgent making the world centered around us. But it's, it's, again, it goes back to that. It's ultimately not about us, right? It's not, it's not necessarily me time or bubble baths or, you know, um, lavish vacations or whatever. There's a lot that the world will say is self-care. And so I think first is let's look at Mark chapter 12, verse 30, because this is really where God um, gave me this idea of self-care. I don't even remember how it came about. I think it had to do with listening to a podcast, but then also I was already in Deuteronomy six, um, five, which is like the initial, um, share of this Deuteronomy talks about, I think, um, heart, mind, and strength or something. I love the way that Mark rephrases this, uh, passage from Deuteronomy. And he says, you shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. And right after this, it says, and then the second command is to love your neighbor as yourself. And one thing that really stands out to me in that second part is the love your neighbor as yourself. And that makes me realize, well, if I'm not loving myself, well, then am I really capable of loving others well? If I'm not taking good care of myself and I'm not stewarding over these first gifts that God has given me well, then I'm not showing up effectively loving others. I'm actually giving them crumbs and and scraps of love, the same scraps of love that I might be fighting for or um, you know, being scrappy for, right? And so I just, I think of that and and it reminds me of this importance that I know when I'm lacking in all four of these areas, I am not being a good mom to my boys. I'm not showing up, being able to give them the attention and the energy and the love that they deserve. I'm not being a good steward of my home. I'm not, you know, able to effectively show up and serve my community and so on and so forth. And then going back to um, the, the beginning part of this verse, verse 30, and you shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. And there are so many times in scripture, if you go back and do like a word study on all, all these times where it talks about all it's every part of you, it's everything that you have. It's not saying, well, love the Lord, your God with like this much of your strength, you know, it's just a tiny bit. It's, it's all of your strength. And I think God asks us to to show up for him in that aspect. But if, if we're neglecting these areas of our lives, then we're not, we're not showing up and loving him with all, and we're not loving ourselves well, and we're not loving our neighbors well. So ultimately when, when we think of self-care, we need to have this, you know, kingdom and, and faith focus to it. 
It's not bubble baths and whatever else. And so how do we go about doing that? Where do we start? Well, this, all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength are the four areas that I often teach about. And so your heart is obviously your emotional health. Proverbs four verse 23 says, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. And there are other verses throughout scripture. One that's coming to mind where I don't have the reference is where Christ kind of checks. I think it's the Pharisees at one point when they're like, oh, you didn't do this ritualistic washing of your hands or whatever else, totally butchering, butchering, butchering and paraphrasing the story here. And, and Christ responds, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out. And so often in our culture today, there's these unchecked emotions, these unhealed hearts and heart health is not, you know, the cholesterol aspect, um, but the heart health is so skipped over and people think just stuff your emotions down, just ignore them. Well, from that space that you're ignoring and stuffing down is flowing the springs of life that that flows out of you and it's what can defile you and others. And so obviously it's an area that we really need to focus on pay attention to make sure, making sure we're taking care of ourselves so that we can take care of others and really love God with all of that. The next area, um, love the Lord, your God with all your soul is our spiritual health. And I believe our soul is that part of us that communicates with God, right? It's that, um, that part where he communicates with us. It's, it's how we relate to God and others. And um, I love Psalm 23, verse three, where it says, he, meaning God, restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And Psalm 25, one says to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. And it just brings this picture into soul and um, our soul and our spiritual health and just reminding us that, that we have to go and be connected to the vine. We can do nothing apart from him, but through Christ, we can do all things. And so remembering that our soul health, our soul care is such an important part here as well. And so again, another way that we can tie this into how is this biblical? And then the third area, love the Lord with all of your mind. I think this is our mental health, but also our thought health. And the number one thing that stands out to me with um, this this mindset perspective essentially is Second uh, Corinthians 10.5. And it says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. And I think, again, this ties into our emotional health a little bit as well, because we have these emotions and then we don't even process what are our thoughts behind them? What are our beliefs behind them? And how are we allowing that to show up in our actions? And it's a huge um, area of mental health that most people, again, skip over because our world doesn't talk about it very much, especially not in the area or idea of self-care, right? We're not talking about doing that deep work in ourselves and that thought work, but especially not taking every thought captive to obey Christ. So often we have these thoughts running through our minds that sometimes so frequently become beliefs that we hold on to, and they're not biblical. They're not matched up against the capital T truth that is in scripture, yet we're having these thoughts and we're having feelings about them. And then we're taking action based off of them when they have no real bearing and grounding 
in truth. And so to love the Lord your God with all of your mind means that this taking our thoughts captive is an is an everyday practice, a constant practice in our everyday. And then the fourth area, love the Lord your God with all of your strength. This is our physical health. I think this is the number one area that people do look at in terms of health is is your physical health and how are you physically feeling? And and uh, the verse that comes up for me with this is 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. It says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And this can encompass so many different things from what we're eating, what we're choosing to put in our bodies, to um activity and moving out or, you know, moving, um, working out things like that. And so these four areas, I think you're like, okay, I hear you, but, but again, where do we get started? If we don't know what we like, if we never had this example set for us, the number one way I say to start is by sit down and do a self-care brain dump. If you're not familiar with a brain dump, it's essentially get everything that's flowing through your mind out on a paper (laughs) But from this perspective, it's about self-care. It's about thinking about all the things that bring you joy, all the things that light you up, all the things that um, make you feel replenished and energized. Think about the things that might help produce the fruit of the spirit in you, so on and so forth. Because when you sit down and you dig through those kinds of things, you'll be able to then categorize them, right? Sit down, set a timer, whether it's for two minutes or five minutes to just dump all of this stuff out and then go back through and categorize them and say, okay, what ones of these are under heart health, soul health, mind health, strength health, right? All these different four areas that I talked about. And then you can go back through and highlight ones that are in three or four of those categories. And that's why I say, those are your most simple and effective self-care activities. Obviously, the soul care is a huge aspect of that. We need to be seeking God and getting in his word regularly because he is everything. That's where everything else flows from, right? But um, when I think about this too, I did this brain dump and I sat down and, and swimming was one of those things that ended up in all four of mine because it is a physical activity, right? I'm breathing, I'm um, moving my body physically. It's kind of like a whole body workout, right? So it hits the physical, but it's also a space where my mind gets rest because I don't have my phone. I don't have the notifications. It's quiet. It's just me in the pool with my breathing in the water, no electronics are allowed in there, so on and so forth. So it's a place that my mind is able to come to a place of rest. If I have any emotional stuff going on, I can process those thoughts. I can take them captive and I can pray to the Lord and leave them at his feet. And so swimming is an, is a space where whenever I go for a swim, I come out of that pool, always feeling so much better than when I went in. It's a place where I'm able to just get quiet with me, my breathing, the Lord, and take things captive and leave them at his feet. And so I know if I prioritize swimming at least once a week, I'm a better person. I'm a better mom. I'm a better business owner, a better friend, a better coach, um, a better member of my community so on and so forth. And so finding those things that are hitting in the most amount of those areas as possible is going to be um, the most effective and powerful self-care for you. And then the last thing that I wanted to mention 
has something to do with what you had said earlier about, you know, what about these women who didn't have their mom setting this example of self-care for them? I actually had a uh, friend of mine, she's in her fifties. She has four children and some of them are older, some of them younger. She's actually a grandmother now. And her oldest daughter, who is a mom said, I'm so thankful that, you know, midlife, you had decided to start prioritizing yourself because when she was little, her mom was overweight. Her mom didn't, you know, was, was doing kind of like you were saying, working and just over serving and just trying to pour from this empty cup. And you could tell that she was run ragged and exhausted all the time. But when she had kind of her second batch of kids, cause there's a little gap between, um, she actually has five. There's a gap between the first three and the second two. She started taking care of her health, started choosing better food choices, was making sure she was plugging into the Lord daily, showing up and serving her community from that space of an overflowing cup instead of that space of like desperation or people pleasing, or this is what I have to do kind of a mentality. She started running and started participating in triathlons and 5Ks and incorporated her kids into those activities. And she said, I'm so thankful that I got to watch you go through that transition and got to watch you be like a better steward of yourself and your health for my younger siblings, because that's what helped me step into motherhood, knowing that it was okay to prioritize myself a little bit too. And so when, when my friend who was older had shared this with me, I was like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. She's like, I love the way that you talk about self-care because so many people don't have that example. So many people, you know, haven't come to this space of understanding that self-care isn't selfish. We, we have this idea of, I would agree as well with, with this scripture that, um, Paul says it is, it is in our weakness that, um, Christ's strength comes and like we are made perfect in our weakness through Christ's strength or something like that. Again, totally paraphrasing and butchering this here probably, but, um, I do believe that, but if we're not connecting to the vine, if we're not making ourselves available to be a vessel for the Holy spirit to work through, then there are a lot of instances in our life where we're, we're at our weakest point, but we're not actually clinging to the vine and being poured into by him. We're just showing up from all of this ickiness in our thoughts and our emotions and, and keeping God at a distance oftentimes is what I've seen. So while there is both, right, you can look at scripture and, and pick out one side or the other, what side is actually going to help you seek God more? And be the best steward you can of these first gifts that he has given you so that you can show up. And I think of this with, I forget what it's called. I think it's the Haggadah in Jewish tradition where they have a cup that has a little plate underneath of it. And it's, I think it's also called like the cup of Elijah and they use it during Passover or um, I've heard and maybe I'm mixing things here. I have a video that I <laughs> that I could share. Maybe you can include it in the show show notes. But they they talk about it um, in terms of honoring the Sabbath, right? And when they honor the Sabbath, it allows them to be poured into, right? To the point that this cup is overflowing. And that's why it has this tray underneath because the cup is just overflowing. The tray is catching everything that overflows out of it. And so 
we want to be those cups. We want to be those people that are just continually being poured into by the Lord so that we're able to overflow. And when we go out and serve, it's from this abundance of God's love and God's light that we're out sharing with the world. And I don't know about you guys, but I've never been in a space of being able to pour out love and light and peace and joy and all the fruit of the spirit from a place of being frustrated and exhausted and run ragged because I'm not meeting my own needs, let alone the needs of others. I love how you said in your brain dump, you said something like consider what gives you joy, right? That's what mm-hmm. you I love how you, I love that you say that because I think that as Christians, a lot of us think, I think our, our lack of biblical self-care maybe comes from a place where a place that we don't truly understand who God is. And what I, what I mean by that is that we think that God just doesn't want us to have joy. Like he doesn't, he just wants us to do like, do this for me, do that for me. But we don't truly understand that God is love and that he loves us so much that he wants us to to take care of ourselves, to have joy, to, like you said, it, it gives you joy to go swimming. Like it would give me joy to go on a walk by myself. Or, you know, I feel like, do you, do you feel that way that some of this comes from just a misunderstanding of who God is? Yes. And amen. hundred <laughs> percent. I actually, I don't remember like where this question came from, but who is God to you is one of the questions that um, I ask in this you know, faithful foundations course that I've, I've walked a lot of people through. And I think it's one of the most important things that we have to ask ourselves and go to scripture and prayer for answers for, because I know for myself, like growing up with childhood trauma and, you know, a father who wasn't like the heavenly father example in scripture, it was very difficult for me to reconcile as someone with childhood trauma who struggled with a lot of trust issues and so on and so forth. It was very difficult for me to come to a place where I trusted the Lord because I didn't trust anyone. Like, how am I to now trust God? Like, I don't even know him. I can't see him. Right. And so that was one of the biggest questions that I think I was able that God answered for me really is like, who is God and who is God to me? Right. And making it very real and very personal, recognizing he is the God who created the universe, who knit me together in my mother's womb, who saw the world and everything he created and thought, well, the world needs a Sasha, apparently, (laughs) you know, and coming from the background that I did, like it was a lot of work to come to that understanding. The God who sent his son to die and atone for my sins and, and just, you know, all the characters of God and going in scripture and understanding who is God and making that very real and very personal for myself, because I think it is, he's a very personal God. You know, he says that, that, um, you know, he knows our, our prayers before we even speak them. And that is so intimate and so personal for each and every one of us. And I think we really have to answer that question for ourselves by going to scripture and prayer. Otherwise, we're just walking around believing he is who everyone else says, right? We're not believing it for ourselves. And so, yeah, hugely important. I don't want to tell people who God is other than, you know, I can proclaim his truth all day long, right? But but I think it's so important for each individual to go find that for themselves. 
So what do you, I mean, it was probably a process for you, but what do you think, could you tell us a little bit about that process? Like, how did you go from not trusting God to to trusting God? I think a big part of it was him pulling the world out from underneath of me. (laughs) Um, I remember, I'll try to keep this somewhat brief, but I remember a time where I was going through a really, really dark season of my life. And that happened to be when I was diagnosed with PTSD from my childhood trauma, not realizing just going through life with all of these really icky coping mechanisms and whatever else. And, uh, and I looked at these friends who they had circumstances that were pretty tough, but they didn't like knock them over. Like my circumstances kept doing to me. And so, I started reading scripture. I started praying. I started going to church. And this is where I really met the Lord. But then it was a couple of years later into my relationship with him that I came to this realization. I think I was reading a book at the time. I don't wait anymore. I think it's by Emily Townsend, maybe. And there was something in that book that really struck me. And I was like, okay, I declare that I am going to just like trust God and I'm going to like take these bold actions. And then it was months later and I wasn't doing that, but I didn't realize it until like the church that I was going to, who was also my employer. So it was like my faith family and my workplace. I had some really, really tough circumstances going on there, came home. My husband gave me some really terrible news. We were financially strapped and, you know, heavily burdened. And so it was just like all of these different areas of life. My health was really poor. And so I I had this little hissy fit, you know, and I just like ran away. I went out to my brother's house and we went out four wheeling in his truck and it was March. And so in Alaska, all the snow and is and ice is melting. And we were out on the river and it was just this beautiful sunny day in March And everybody was standing out in the river, you know, they just thought, you know, it's sand underneath just frozen sand with this like inch of water on top. And so there were side by sides and four wheelers out there and dozens of people. And I'm out there just like moving my foot around. And my foot just gets sucked into this hole in the earth. And it was, I realized everybody out here is just standing on ice. And somehow this little like vortex must have happened and made this hole like perfectly the size of my boot and my leg that I just got sucked into. And when my, I'm sitting there in this freezing cold water, soaking wet, just laughing, looking up at the heavens, laughing. And I was like, okay, Lord, I hear you because I was in this season where I couldn't trust anything. I couldn't trust my faith family, my spouse, my finances, um, my, my work center, like everything in the world had fallen out. And so I felt like Jonah, I was trying to run away. And the Lord's like, you can't even trust the ground that you're standing on. The only thing that you can trust is me. And it was in that moment I realized, wow, months ago I said, like, I'm going to trust God because I'm going to know God and I'm going to take these bold actions, stepping out in faith. And so um, it, w- it was just that that almost like rock bottom realization. Like when you come to the understanding of that truth, like Christ is the cornerstone. And Luke 6, there's this amazing story about the man who built his house on the rock not the one who built his house on the shifting sand. It was the rock that is the cornerstone, the truth with a capital T that is in scripture, the living and breathing word of God. That is what we can stand on. It's it's the only thing that we can stand on because when our bodies leave this world, we have nothing left here. 
but we do have relationship with him and we can take the relationships that we've built here. You know, those will go with us into heaven, but nothing else. And so, um, I think just coming to that truth and realization and accepting scripture as truth was, was the biggest thing for me in, in really fleshing out who is God and, and who is he to me and so much more. And, and again, it goes back to that, you know, uh, second Corinthians, just taking every thought captive. Every time I have a thought that is not in line with scripture, I have to take the time to sit down and process that and ask, where is this coming from? Why am I thinking this Lord? Take this thought from me. Help me rewrite it with your truth, getting into scripture, prayer, getting quiet, allowing God to be that cornerstone that I'm standing on, not putting faith in my family or my job or my finances or my health or even the ground. Because in Alaska, it's not just that ice incident. We've got frequent earthquakes. You know, it's like literally the ground cannot even be trusted. So that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. As we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yeah. So intentional mom life with Jesus is my podcast. You can find it at momlifewithjesus.com or Apple podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google, wherever, like all the podcast platforms. Um, I would love to have you subscribe and check out some episodes there on the website, momlifewithjesus.com. We also have transcripts at times articles are being written. It's not perfect. Um, it's not 100% of them, but if you prefer reading over listening, but if you're listening to this podcast, maybe that's not the case. Um, I do have some of those options available. I also have on Facebook, the intentional mom life with Jesus community. And so you can find that we dub it the productively peaceful moms club. We talk about Jesus and motherhood and productivity, um, and just being really good stewards of all of the gifts that God has given us. Uh, lastly, if you go to simple biblical self Selfcare.com, you can snag yourself a free simple biblical self-care blueprint where much of what I've talked about today has gone over in there. Um, why self-care is important, how it's not, you know, really for you in the end, and everything that I've shared today, but also it gives you the space to do that brain dump to categorize those self-care activities to implement routines and so on in terms of those most powerful and effective self-care. And again, that's simple biblical self-care.com. I'm so glad that you took the time to listen today. If you like what you heard, will you leave me a five-star review on Apple podcasts so that this show can reach more people? And if you want to connect with me, go to herholistichealing.com. Before you go, I want to leave you with one of my favorite passages from Matthew 29. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For you. It's easy and my bird is light.